previously on At The Movies with Arch Campbell and Lou Katz. So many people have come up to me or emailed or uh, come up at events and just said how much they enjoyed the podcast and they miss it and we miss them. And I agree. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening and staying so loyal. And there is a Facebook page uh, at the movies with Arch and Ann, uh, Loyal Extras, and and it oh. is it's still active. God there. bless. Well, yeah. you know, I'd know that if I were on Facebook, but I'm not, <laughs> and I vindicated. You know, I never got on, and now I'm so glad I didn't. But I'm sorry because I'm missing that the uh, the Loyal Extras. Hello, friends. <laughs> I'm Lou Katz. And you got any? Yeah, I doubt it. Uh, welcome to the podcast Whoa. that catches you up on new mm, movies, yes, the best of cable, oh. and the culture at large. Culture? With a capital C. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, America's uh-huh. favorite movie critic. Yes. Uh, he couldn't really be with us now. <laughs> uh, so instead... Arch Campbell. Thank you. Thank you, Lou Katz, my dear friend, the professional radio man of many years' experience. <laughs> okay. And here we are on our podcast together. I've asked a longtime friend to join us. Please welcome now Travis Hobson. He writes online for Punch Drunk Critics. He appears on the Around Town Show on WETA. He reports for both News Channel 8 and WBAL Radio. Hey, News Channel 8. You got my old gig there? <laughs> uh, not quite. I mean, they they don't put me in, in the uh, in the shoe closet. Uh, oh. <laughs> I, I doubt that. I wanted you to be on this podcast because uh, number one, I enjoy your reviews and I think your thoughts are great. And also, you are really into the uh, to the Marvel universe and. This is the week. This is the week that the summer movie season begins. What is the secret of the Avengers Endgame and of Marvel in general? I mean, Marvel's done something that nobody has ever done before. We're talking 10 years, 22 movies, one big interconnected plot. We've never seen a franchise this big before. Even the Star Wars movies aren't like this. Speaking of Star Wars and even Harry Potter and some of the other ones, they started trying to stretch series from three to seven. And in the case of Star Wars, uh, that's when they started getting in trouble, don't you think? Well, I mean, in some cases, in Star Wars, you know, they've done a series now, three different trilogies now, and they're all telling kind of one big story as well, the Skywalker story. But we've never seen this for comic books for Marvel, you know, and it, it used to be back when I was when I was younger, you know, superhero movies were sort of this just a novelty. Mm-hmm. You got one every now and then. Most of them weren't very good and but now superhero movies are it. And it's and we got Marvel largely to thank for it. Uh, and Endgame is the culmination of ten years worth of, of movies. I remember really liking a lot of the original movies, starting with Iron Man and then going to Captain America, and even their reboot of The Incredible Hulk was quite good, and Ant-Man and some of the others were always, they were always surprisingly better than you expected. Yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, I've always loved comic books. I think it took a while for me for for Marvel to really hook me. Like, I I like all their movies. I think they're all pretty Mm -hmm. good. But in the last few years, they've like kicked it up to a new level. It was it was really right around when they made Captain America, um, 
uh, the Winter Soldier, and it was this whole big espionage angle to it. And they started to making their movies a little bit more mature, a little bit more serious. And ever since then, they have just been it took it to a different stratosphere, man. They got Black Panther, all these movies that just they just seem to be improving with each one. Also, Guardians of the Galaxy, which was very funny, and Black Panther, which was uh, which really had an impact uh, on the culture. Absolutely. That was the cultural event of last year. The only thing I would add is that I got lost several times during the three-hour running time. He got lost on the way to the men's room, actually. That's where he got lost. I got lost on the way to the theater. I I had a hard time following a lot of the plot. And, uh, you know, as a, not to be too negative, but... All of these movies devolve into a fight to the death between a bad guy and good people. Right, and 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 look, there was no other way this movie was going to end other than with a gigantic fight scene. Um, I mean, we're talking, like I said, ten years worth of build-up to this one big fight. Uh, it makes sense, but you know, in the game, what I've been trying to tell people, and of course, we're not going to spoil anything mm-hmm. you know, for this. We can't spoil anything. What I've been trying to tell people is that, is that Endgame is not Infinity War. These are two very different movies. Uh, Infinity War, as a, as a part two. It's, it picks up where in, Infinity War ended, correct? Yeah, it, it picks up where that one ended, but, you know, a little while later. You know, everybody knows how that movie ended. Um, this one this one is the more sobering film. This is, For much of this movie, we're dealing with the consequences of what happened, the consequences of the Avengers' failure in the previous movie. I love Infinity War, mainly because it's about the villain. It's about a villain's journey. Uh, Thanos, I have the stones. <laughs> oh, look out. I want the ring. But, in, but Endgame, Endgame is a totally different movie. Like I said, it's more sobering. And it's also a lot of setup. This movie is is almost fifty percent setup. Right, and then payoff. And then pay. And then when the payoff comes, the payoff comes big. The thing that occurs to me talking to you, Travis, and we're talking to Travis Hobson of Punch Drunk Critics and of a bunch of media outlets in town. The thing that I want to ask you: Who is Avengers Endgame? designed for and who is it not designed for it's a good question it's definitely this is a movie that was definitely designed for the people who stuck with them from the beginning mm-hmm. uh this is a movie that you cannot jump right into marvel's trying to like pay lip service that, oh yeah you know you can you can come right in and watch no you can't yeah you need to this movie like i said don't want to give away too much but it, it, it rewards those who have been there from the beginning have watched not just the Avengers movies, but all the movies in between, your Captain America's, your Thor's. And I think in some cases, it makes some of those previous movies better. Uh, there are certain things that this movie does that I think it makes certain certain films uh, that we saw before better in hindsight. Um, so this is a movie that rewards those who have been, uh, been with Marvel for the entire decade. And who is it not for? Don't try to walk in on, the, you know, on this one and try to be part of it. There's no way. We're taping this the last week in April, and uh, something called Awesome Com is coming to Washington this weekend. And I know you attend Comic Con. And uh, what are those things uh, like? <laughs> uh, are you going to go dressed as Jar Jar Binks? No, I'm not going dressed. <laughs> 
Jar Jar Binks. God, I haven't heard that name hey, in ages. <laughs> just asking. Um, yeah, I go to Comic-Con each year in San Diego. Uh, I'll be going again this year, and I'll be at AwesomeCon this weekend. Uh, I'm doing a panel on Saturday at uh, 2.30. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll talk back to the critics. Talk, talk back to the critics. Ah, yes. Yeah, doing that at AwesomeCon for the first time. Uh, we usually do it there at the Middleburg Film Festival, but we're bringing it on. You're doing that with several of my friends. I think Jen Chaney's involved. Yep, Jen Chaney from uh, Volter and Washington Post. Uh-huh. Uh, Roxanne Haddadi from Fajiba is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Razak from Flixus. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's, it's a time where we get to talk movies for about 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, you can ask us anything you want. Ask us uh, you know, what it's like being a critic. Tell us that we suck. Whatever you want to do, I mean, that's what we're there for. Speaking of that, by the way, how many movies are you going to uh, during uh, a month now? I go to a lot, but, you know, I've actually kind of cut back a little bit. That's interesting, because I am sensing sort of movie fatigue from a lot of the people I go to screenings with. The form seems to be the blockbusters like Avengers Endgame, and then all of these other small films that come and go. I went to see something called High Life. Did you see that with Robert Pattinson? I did. Whoa! And during the screening, (laughs) which held 18 people, six people walked out. (laughs) It was was that good, huh? (laughs) Well, I'll I'll say this. The screening that we had for it, there were only a handful of us there. Uh Uh-huh. and I don't, I don't, I don't think they they made much of a big deal about this screening. I can understand why people walked out. It is definitely not a movie for 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 <laughs> for mainstream. And yet, there's an artistic aspect to it that really can't be denied. And and actually, being a guy from the '70s and '80s, that's the thing I loved about the movies: the occasional movies that would come and just piss you off and make you want to leave. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it kind of reminds you in a lot of ways of movies like Solaris and, and things right. like that. It's very much in that mold. Hmm, I missed that one. You know, it's been nice talking to you. And uh, we'd like you to come back and be on this show from time to time. You are Travis Hobson of Punch Drunk Critics, and you're one of my favorite guys in town. And uh, have fun at Awesome Con. And uh, have fun relishing uh, Avengers Endgame. Is that your way of saying that you're not going to be at Awesome Con? (laughs) (laughs) My Jar Jar Binks costume is at the dry cleaners. Oh, Arch, you got to update your references, man. I mean, come on, man. Uh, Jar Jar Binks. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. It's not my references I got to update. <laughs> you sure? Hey, thanks for being with us, Travis. We enjoyed talking with you, buddy. Thanks a lot, you guys. Well, now, when we return, Lou Katz saw To Kill a Mockingbird on Broadway. Lou, I'm so impressed. Yeah, I actually knew where Broadway was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think in New York City, right? And I can't wait to hear all about it, and we will hear all about it. But first, a break. You're listening to At the Movies with Arch Campbell and Lou Katz and a cast of thousands. Hey, that's our friend Linda Carducci, who is the morning voice on WETA-FM. I think she's one of the greatest voices in radio today, now that you and I are not on the radio. (laughs) Thank goodness. (laughs) Yeah, she's she's a sweetheart. I remember working with her, Arch, back at uh, 107.3. 
uh, back in the 90s. Yeah, she, was, she did uh, rock, and and then she did album rock. Yeah, she says so she's, she's... Now she's doing Bach. She's gone from rock <laughs> to Bach. She's a good friend, a friend of our show. Yeah. Tell me about uh, To Kill a Mockingbird on Broadway. Well, I got to preface this by saying that uh, my wife Wendy and I actually watched the movie with uh, Gregory mm-hmm. Peck Gosh. prior to to going up there because I wanted to be refreshed, you know, about the Harper Lee uh, novel and all of that, and... Uh, I, I was floored by it. Uh, my sister had seen it. Her sisters had seen it. And we absolutely loved it. Uh, how Aaron Sorkin put that thing together mm-hmm. uh, uh, to make it, you know. How close to the, uh, and incidentally, uh, the film from 1963 right. uh, holds up better than almost anything that is, uh, you know, more than 50 years old. Oh, I know. I, I, I think uh, <clears throat> Jeff Daniels is uh, playing Atticus Finch was fantastic. Uh, he was just right on target. I and, loved him in Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> this is a this was a slightly Same different guy. role for Jeff Daniels, uh, but but you know the way they did it and the kids were all played by adults, mm-hmm. which I had had been warned with it that weren't going to be real children in in the roles. Uh, the woman that played Scout did a fantastic job, sort of like a little like narration for you know to take go from scene to scene kind of thing, and the courtroom scene which lasted, I think, gosh, a majority of the movie, believe uh-huh. it or not, was just fantastic. There's I, an I, echo of today. Right. Uh, I mean, a real deep echo of our world today. And how, you know, Sorkin wrote the script. So how close does he stay to the movie? Or how far I think did he, he stay? Arch, I think he stays very close to it. I hmm. mean, um, I really do. I, I really thought he did a fantastic job. Keep, I went online. Keeps you, it keeps you riveted and on the edge of your seat, and just even if you like, like I did, knew the movie, knew the book, yeah, it yeah. still was just a fantastic play. I noticed the tickets. Uh, the retail price is about two ninety nine, which I mean the, that's outrageous. But uh, when you consider Hamilton was fifteen hundred dollars right, right. up there, or what was the price? Arch, it's a bargain. Yeah. It's a bargain <laughs> well, in New York. Is. Yeah, and it's supposed to be coming to town. And I'm not uh, sure. Uh, Kennedy Center. Right. Kind of. And I don't know if Jeff Daniels is going to be playing that role. I know he committed for a year up at uh, the Schubert Theater in New York. But And I made that wisecrack about Dumb and Dumber, but actually his career has just taken, uh, you know, a wonderful upward uh, role. What was the show called? The new, Was it the newsroom that uh, that yeah. he was in with uh, yeah. another Sorkin project, which, yeah, which so. I loved. I, I was so disappointed. That only lasted one season. I was ready for more of that. Well, uh, I hope to go to Broadway and see uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. And actually, there's several things percolating up there I'd like to see. So so you have, you have inspired me. Go do it. This, so thank you. Well, now do we have uh, time for some shout-outs? We do. Well, first of all, the Washington, D.C. Film Festival begins this week. It showcases foreign films. They started in 1986. I was at the original one. And uh, they're still going strong. And later in the run, they're going to premiere a film by George Pelicanos. You know him? Uh-huh. He's the mystery writer. And he's uh, made a film of a story he did called DC Noir. And uh, I, I am very much looking forward to that. And the Washington Jewish Film Festival begins at the American Film Institute May 8th and runs through the 26th. 
And our friend Ann Hornaday of the Washington Post will host the Avalon Theater Benefit titled Backwards and in Heels, featuring a presentation on women in film and a conversation with Alicia Malone of Turner Classics. You know you know where that backwards and in heels no, no, please fill me in on that. Ann one. Richards was uh, the wisecracking governor of Texas, and uh, one of her lines uh, when she was campaigning was, "Ginger Rogers did the same thing uh, as Fred Astaire. She just did it backwards and, and in high he- heels." And in heels. <laughs> so, and finally, 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 and this is what we're leading up to: our good friend Count Gore Duvall. Of Channel 20's Creature Feature. Did you watch Creature of Feature? Of course. Who in God. Washington grew up, who grew up here? Uh, maybe I should. Did you watch it sober? Well, that's that's another. <laughs> A show that's another on story. Channel 20 in the 70s, Creature Feature. Count Gore is our dear friend, and he will appear in person Saturday, April 27th at the American Film Institute to host a screening of Son of Frankenstein, Mm. and I will be appearing on stage with him. (laughs) Yes, as Jar Jar Binks. (laughs) And now, direct from his bed of dirt somewhere far beneath us, please welcome (laughs) Count Gore Duvall. Hey! That's it? Where's the rest of the applause? Come on! (laughs) (laughs) Well... It's morning time. The sun is out, so the rest of them are sleeping. <laughs> it's good that you know, that's where they have blackout windows, you know, and all the rest of that good stuff, you know. So I don't worry about that. Hey, how you doing, Arch? Well, I'm doing fine. I'm very excited about your American Film Institute uh, appearance, and uh, that's really turned into quite a gig for you, huh? You've been there several times. Uh, 17 or 18 at this point, uh, it keeps on rolling. Now, hey, look, how could you turn down a gig when a, a theater comes to you and says, hey, we want you to host these movies and we'll let you pick them. It's like, wow. This time you picked Son of Frankenstein, which is actually a, a very interesting movie to show because it was it was an A-lister with a lot of uh, of uh, prominent actors, including uh, Basil Rathbone. Yes, you know, the, the, the very, the very uh, spicy guy, the basil, you know, he was... Oh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, actually, you know, what the, you know what I like about this? Two things I like about this movie, uh, other than the fact... Well, first of all, it's a long movie. The, other, the earlier Frankenstein movies were about 70 minutes. This yeah. one is almost 100 minutes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's, it's a big one. And Bella Lugosi breaks out of the Dracula mold mm-hmm. and uh, does a really good job uh, as this uh, the assistant to, to Dr. Frankenstein. Igor. Yeah. <laughs> and this is also the very, very first time that uh, Karloff plays the monster as evil. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, what is the secret of Count Gore's success? No, that's, uh, we can't tell, talk about that because it's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a secret that I haven't figured it out yet. That's the problem. Come on, I, we, we know what it is. It's drinking blood. Come uh, on, we know, we know. Yeah. Well, you know, fresh, young, new blood 
makes everything much better. <laughs> Be careful, Count. Be careful. You know, everybody fondly remembers the late 1970s when you had that Saturday night show on Channel 20. And uh, are you surprised that people still remember? Yes, I am, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, but, you know, vampires, in all seriousness, vampires are, are eternal. I mean, the, the whole mythology... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not oh. trying to be facetious here, but the whole mythology—you can't get rid of them. I mean, everyone—you know how many how many Dracula movies have there been? How oh. many sons of Dracula movies have? How many great grandsons of? And it just keeps rolling on. The vampire television shows, uh, even if they're slaying them like Buffy, I mean, it vampires are. People are just enamored with them. It's wonderful. The thing I do remember about your show in the 70s was uh, how much fun you and the crew had and the amount of uh, hanky-panky that was going on. Especially when the penthouse pets arrived. Uh, (laughs) The penthouse pets. No, the penthouse pet was a guest one night. Really? Oh, not, not, not one night. We had, let's see, one, two, three, four. We had five penthouse pets. Two of whom were penthouse pets of the year. Boy, I miss that series. <laughs> I shared coffins with them. Uh, we took a coffin break here uh, and there, you know. Count Gore Duvall. You not you have your own YouTube channel? Well, I have a YouTube channel, but more importantly, I have my own Roku channel now. Oh, my. And what's it called? Count Gore Duvall Presents. <laughs> every month, at the beginning of every month, we put up ten new videos with four new feature films four celebrity interviews, and two really outstanding short horror films. So so you get every month uh, 10 new things, and we're about ready to put the uh, May ones up now, and it's, it's looking really good. So we've been doing this now since October, and uh, we're pulling uh, – Pulling some good uh, good numbers as people who have uh, taken it. Speaking of good numbers, let me tell the handful of people listening to this podcast <laughs> that you will appear at the American Film Institute in Silver Spring, Maryland, Saturday night, April 27th, and that I will appear on stage uh, with you as sort of your assistant, your own Igor. <laughs> yes, yes, Igor. <laughs> And before we wrap things up, I hear that uh, Dick Dizel is uh, standing by with you. Uh, could you put him on the phone for just a minute? All right, I'm going to go back into the uh, the box and uh, close the lid with the vampire, vamp- vamp- vampirella on top of it, the- and then I'll, I'll get him. Hold on. Hey, schmuck, come over here. <laughs> schmuck. Uh, oh, Dick. Uh, Dick uh, Dizel. Uh, yeah, well, what, what, can you, what, do you expect, what can you expect from him except from a bloodsucker like that? Come on. <laughs> Guys, guys, incredible. The ego wouldn't stop. Okay. Hey, I, how you doing, Arch? I, I, oh, I love the story. You came to Channel 20 as an announcer, and they uh, asked you to be Captain 20 and to host a kid's show, and you were bozo. And suddenly, your life's work came to you when you asked to host a horror show. And I had to fight for that. I had to really fight for that, because Milt Grant wanted nothing to do with it. I mean, he said, nope, 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 nope. Were you okay. surprised at the success of Creature Feature? The thing that surprised me most was how smart I was to say, as soon as we decided that they were going to do it, that I got the station to sign off on paperwork that said, yes, I own the character and anything I do with it is mine. Uh- <laughs> That was the smart move. Count Gore was not taking a dirt nap <laughs> when they <laughs> when they put the thing together. Dick, you had a good attorney back then, I'm sure. 
actually, it turns out it, our, one of my directors, his wife was a trademark attorney. Yes. Yeah, so that was kind of, it was very fortuitous. Yes. Well, we are uh, grateful that you're still around and I love your shows at the American Film Institute and the movies you show are quite good too. And, it, and, it, and it's great. And, and it's really wonderful that you agree to come out and join me on stage you're a fan favorite the people love you when you come out and people can say hey is is is, is, is uh, arch gonna be there and i go oh yeah 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 okay so this is cool you know is what's his name coming is he still alive well you know that hefty talent fee you're paying him <laughs> that, that made all the difference in the world well that's true that's true i mean uh, i'll send you a bill Dick. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, look, I'll see you Saturday night and uh, keep coming to town. And uh, we congratulate you, Count Gore, also known as Dick Dysell, All right, dear friend. And Arch and Lou, thank you very much for having me on your show, okay? All right. Our pleasure, buddy. There he is. He's <laughs> our pal. And the, the Count Gore <laughs> channel now. Look it up on your interweb. He's our friend. And now, let's pause for a word from our announcer. You're listening to At the Movies with Arch Campbell and Lou Katz and a cast of thousands. So, uh, Lou, this is where we wrap everything up. Right. Uh, you, you watching anything on cable you like? Watching, watching Barry, watching Barry. Veep, I'm watch, watching, and I watched The Highwaymen. Uh, number one on Barry, I'm glad you mentioned that because yeah. every episode... <laughs> Uh, grabs me at the end and very often i find i'm laughing out loud at the end of every episode so their second season i think is great you know i i still can't get used to the fact that bill Hader is in this role i mean i think he does a fantastic he's, job he's excellent but I, I keep thinking him from saturday night live and all yeah. the character bits and all the skits that he did and then then he, then he gets into this like dark comedy role I sometimes and, have and a hard the, time merging them together, but the I certainly see the thing with Henry Winkler, though, yeah. is just magic. And, you know, Winkler, the same thing. Anyway, right. I'm a fan of Barry. Veep, uh, I think I'm glad this is their last season. I think they don't have anywhere left to go. Really? Yeah. I'm, see, I came in just on this season. I think I watched one episode maybe uh, in the first season or so. And my wife and I were going, eh, no big deal. Yeah. And then, you know, you turned me back on to it, you and Aunt Hornaday. And, mm. I, and, and I've been riveted. The comedy, the writing, the pace is very... Has it always been like that yes. for all the seasons yes. and all the episodes? Yes. yes. And so and so to a newcomer, that makes perfect sense because the writing is so good. Are you watching this guy on Jeopardy? James Holzhauer. No, I ha I have to admit that I haven't been watching. I've started, it, but, I, but I've heard all all the dirt on what's going on. This is like this is like must see TV. He's extremely fast. He's um, you know he's made over a million bucks in just a few days. I don't find him very likable. He just spits out the answers and goes on. But it is it's kind of fascinating. He's a Las Vegas gambler. Sports gambler, yeah. right. right. I, I, re I read that last night. I'm going, I did a little research. I'm going, really? Hmm. So, I, but you know what? I'm kind, of, uh, I'm kind of hooked by the whole thing, even though I don't find him very likable. He's fast, so, though. Apparently lightning fast and knows yeah. how to gamble and goes for the higher-priced uh, doors and stuff oh, like and that. Oh, and the daily doubles, and, he, right. uh, he actually doubles them. So he's winning like 70 grand, 100 grand on one show. 
So let's see. What should we summarize? We talked about uh, Avengers right. Endgame, mm-hmm. and uh, that is a blockbuster, and it is designed for fans, and there are a lot of them. Uh, I liked a movie called Gloria Bell with uh, Julianne Moore. She was great. And I liked that lately. And I liked uh, Apollo 11 with the NASA footage and Us. When it comes to scary movies, I just can't. I don't know. I check yeah. it out. But Us, I hear, was fantastic, too. So uh, so that's that's what we talked about, movies and television and Count Gore. And, Lou, it's always a pleasure being with always you. Always a pleasure. Are we thinking of a way to end this show? I think every good show needs an ending. I agree. And um, You got one? Uh, I'm going to use the one I used back in 1980. I'm Arch Campbell, and I hope you see something good at the movies. And have plenty of popcorn, too. <laughs> and don't eat the popcorn off the floor. <laughs> Catch you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. This is your announcer reminding you, this is your announcer, at the movies with Arch Campbell and Lou Katz and a cast of thousands comes to you by way of the Katz podcasting system. Katz, America's first name in Broadway musicals, delicatessens, and podcasting. This is the Katz podcasting system.